This is your pal Daffy Duck, and you're watching. You're watching. We're watching. You're watching Fanboy. 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 Fanboy, etc. Fanboy Nation. Dot, I assume Tom. This afternoon, I am speaking with the filmmakers behind Till Kingdom Come, Maya Zinstein. Did I say that right? I hope. That's totally fine. Zinstein. Zinstein. I'm sorry. And then Abi uh, Toren. Uh, it's <laughs> it's Ab Troen. Ab Troen. I'm sorry. You know, my listen. If it was in Aramaic, we wouldn't have a problem. I don't speak Hebrew, so you'll have to forgive exactly. me. Exactly. No worries. You know. Uh, this is a, you know, this documentary is very interesting. My background, I have a master's degree in theology. Uh, I'm Greek Orthodox, so I'm familiar, and I've been to Israel. I've, I've been very familiar with, you know, the church situation over there and, and everything that's going on. It's very strange in the documentary itself, uh, cause I learned about this theology mixed with politics when I was in graduate school from the evangelical movement in their support of Israel, but it's a very strange support of its theology mixed with the idea of a war that they're looking forward to. And then the notion of Zionism taking support where they can in, in this regard. When you came across the, the notion of the, these evangelical Protestants helping Israel, but with an ulterior agenda, what was your reaction and got, got you to make the film? So, so it's a good question. I think, you know, here in Israel, um, it's important to know that basically here in Israel, all this issue of the Christian evangelical support, not very little known. Like people know the headlines and most of them would say, oh, it's these Christians that love us. Uh, and that's it. And I think, and you know, I came to the story because I've been asked to help on, um, on another project where the Christian evangelicals were a small part in it, but that kind of drove me to look into this direction. And, uh, and as, as more as, you know, I, read, I started to read about it and, and I was just fascinated about all this complexity that you mentioned and, and, you know, and immediately had questions to myself, is it actually support and, and what it means for us, this love that, uh, you know, hundreds of millions of people around the world uh, feel to us. It, it, you know, it felt almost uh, strange for me. And it also, all that happened in summer 2017 yeah. when the United States had a new president, President Trump. Yeah. And it was very clear that he's um, heavily backed by this community and also that promises had been given through the campaign. So it was pretty clear for me that things are about to happen at the upcoming years. So I thought it would be a good, an interesting combination to follow this, um, this, this bond, uh, through the, the upcoming years and to see their influence on the political level, but also, of course, to explore the, you know, the questions on the grassroots level and questions of faith and what makes people that, you know, never met a Jew, uh, send their little money, uh, to my country. Five thousand or five million dollars doesn't end up being a little money after a while. I mean, you know, everything they gather together adds up, and you know that doesn't surprise me in the regard of donations because people are are out to help one another. But when it almost becomes, and I hate to use this word because it, it, you know it has a different connotation, but almost fetishizes Israel and the Israelis, 
and then uses another religious aspect with the political aspect, it's almost scary. For example, like, you know, I'm Ashuri. So if all of a sudden after 115 years with the Turks genocide, you know, denying our genocide and then go, oh, we love you guys, you know, come over, I'm going to be hesitant and I'm going to be very uncomfortable with where did all this new love come from, you know? Is there that level of hesitation, as you shown in the documentary, from certain political figures, or is it far more accepting for, uh, from the majority that said, you know, we'll get help where we can get it from? I think, you know, th- that is, uh, you know, the, the million-dollar question. Um, it's complicated. And I think, you know, and and there are several parts to the answer this is this is the first one in the world today even by generous accounts there are roughly you know between 15 and 20 million jews maximum uh the minimum estimates for evangelicals in the world is roughly 600 million and uh the generous estimates of that are 800 and rising and it is considered one of the fastest growing religions in the world um, it is becoming more and more apparent that the Jewish people in Israel play a theological, financial, and political role in the imagination and in agenda of this movement. So, you know, uh, as Israelis and as Jews, it's, it's not something easy that you can disregard. And one might argue it would be even irresponsible to imagine it away, like as if it doesn't exist. Right. In most Israelis perspective, our allies, our, our brothers, our relationship has been with American Jews, right? Or Jews in the diaspora. But, um, the Israeli government and especially the Israeli right wing government has embraced this group that has given it unconditional, what seems like unconditional love, right? A, a growing Christian right in the United States, a growing Christian right abroad. Just take a look at Brazil. Um, has found friends with a growing uh, right in Israel. And I think that the hesitation and the grain of salt is actually very, very important to have. Um, not only because, uh, you know, for theological reasons, you could say like, well, it's less about the apocalypse and what could happen then. As far as I'm concerned, it's more about um, you know, who are we alienating within this relationship when support to Israel is something of the right religious groups, then that's a very, very narrow, slim, and one might argue even dangerous kind of support if it alienates every other kind of support. Um, I hope that answers your question about hesitation and, 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 you know, it, it's kind of a, it's a unique and tricky situation Israel is in. And I hope it is wise and discerning in, uh, in, in what it accepts and, and takes onto it. The example you gave of being a Shuri is a perfect example of that. Yeah. And, and I want to add on that. I think, you know, this question when someone loves you just because you're Jewish, um, I would say that probably there's someone that just loves you for you being Jewish. There's always be, will be someone that hates you for you being Jewish. You know, it's it's the other side of the same coin. So I do think that there is something um, dangerous when someone looks at us uh, just as, you know, as a, a nation that has just a role in, 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 a, in a story. Um, and 
yeah so, so so i think i think that's something that is that is definitely to be concerned of and if and and just to add one final thought based on your note about fetishizing that's the first time we've heard that word used but it's interesting like if you if you think about it if you just replace the word jew in the statement i love you because you're jewish right which we heard you know anywhere from small churches in appalachia to you know washington dc and uh and the mar-a-lago trump estate we love you because you're jewish could you imagine jewish being replaced by you know black or muslim or you know it's it's not it, it, it's a crazy statement if you break it down and i think the use of the word fetish is apt um, with, with everything that, that's going on in the world, I mean, I, when I was in graduate school and someone explained the theology behind this and it was all, and one perspective was the notion of gathering all the Jews and sending them back to Israel and their support of Israel, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, to force the hand of the Messiah to come. Um, so there's that strange theological aspect to it. Um, when you hear stuff like this, you know, what, what goes through your mind with how are, how is our government getting in bed with these types of people if they're trying to force all of us into Israel and not just greater Israel, you know, Nile to the Euphrates. I'm talking like, you know, just Israel prime now in, uh, you know, in uh, Judea and everything else. You know, what do you say to those people when they come across and, and divulge those ideas to you? You know, I, th- I think what you're saying is exactly one of the main concerns that I think that Israelis need, need to, you know, to think about when they accepting this, this support, because basically, you know, these people believe, strongly believe that all the land that God gave to Abram uh, belongs to the Jewish nation. Um, and, you know, and it, that huge has a huge effect on our daily life here. Especially when this group is, is, you know, it has so much influence on the president of United States. And, and we saw what happened through the last four years when, when suddenly, uh, the settlement project uh, received so much, uh, uh, support from the, from the American, uh, uh, administration. Um, that's something that hasn't happened before. And, you know, and, and what I have to say when, when I'm perceived as, as, as a role in a, and you know, no one, uh, of course the, the, the book of 2000 years is extremely important and no one argues that. Uh, but I do think that it's important to look on our present and our nearest future. Um, and about two nations that live here, you know, Israelis and Palestinians and how our life's supposed to look like. If there's such a huge involvement of, of God in, in this conversation. Yeah. As I, I'm a secular person, I have a huge respect for faith, of course. Um, but I don't want to think that, uh, you know, as, as Reverend Munder Isaac says in the film, that it's all about God in, in this land. Um, what are the, you know, in dealing with evangelicals, what, what is their reaction when they realize that 30% of the Palestinian population is Christian? You know, does that just ignore it or are they questioning them? Why are they not support, more supportive of the Israelis? Like, or do they just not care and think that Christianity is only an American religion, not, not rooted in the Middle East? 
Well, first of all, it's important to stress that we cannot speak for all evangelicals, right? Evangelicals, it's not a, it's not a monolith, right? Um, so every pastor, every congregation, every group can see things differently. We can only speak to, you know, different research on what we've observed, um, up front. Um, regarding the, the Palestinian issue, I think the main issue, at least for our subjects, um, you know, the main divide they see between themselves and other Christians, this includes Catholics, uh, Eastern Orthodox, Copts, whatever, any other Christian groups, is that they um, don't believe in replacement theology. The evangelicals have a fundamentalist interpretation of the Old Testament, which means every single word that was written there remains true to this day, whereas other Christian um, groups believe that Yes, there may have been a covenant between God and Abraham and the Jewish people, but then Jesus came and replaced that, and the Jews are no longer the chosen people. And that distinction is very, very important. So um, with relation to the connection between the Jewish people and, you know, the, the land between the Jordan River and the Mediterranean Sea, if you believe in the Old Testament, that means that God gave that land and breaking away from that is a mortal sin. If you believe that the Old Testament, as most Palestinian Christians do, um, they do believe in replacement theology. They they don't believe that that tie remains. Then it really doesn't matter if the Jewish people come back to the Holy Land or not. So I think it's more through that lens than anything else. Because yeah, there there are some interesting aspects and in the and the divide within different Christian groups, um, and you know the financial gain is there, but as you know, as Maya mentioned that she's a secularist, uh, when does financial gain and security find the divide uh, with uh, the with the religious organizations? Um, you know, how do the ultra orthodox? And the, and the Hasidic population of Israel react to this, uh, you know, especially with the evangelical movement claiming that the covenant hasn't been broken. And a secondary question would be, if these evangelicals believe that the covenant with Abraham and Israel were never broken, why not convert to Judaism, whether become reformed or conservative or reconstructionalist? So, so for your first question, I think, you know, it's very interesting because the film has been released in Israel with a very wide release. And one of the most interesting interviews that I gave was uh, to a um, ultra-Orthodox biggest newspaper here, Yated Neeman. And the angle that was, that the journalist was interested the most was the question, did they try to convert me? Um, because I think that the questions, you know, I think that's the perspective that that is interested them the most. Is this power of Christian evangelicals actually dangerous for the Jewish people, uh, you know, to be converted? Um, so, so I I think, um, and again, you need to remember on the on the last years, the money that the Fellowship of Christians and Jews brings to Israel. Is, is really huge and, and the fellowship is the biggest philanthropic organization here in Israel. So I think it's, um, it starts to be difficult to ignore that, you know, so, but I do think I would carefully say that I would, that most of the uh, ultra Orthodox organizations 
won't take the money, even those I know that they are, that they are organization that take the money from the fellowship for sure. Um, but I do think that the angle of the, of the converting is the one that concerns them the most. Last the question, the political questions, of course. And I will let AB to answer the second part of your question. Could you repeat the second part? Like how, I'm just trying to think how to the, frame it. The second part is, is that if evangelicals fully believe in the notion that the covenant was never broken between Israel and the Jews and that Christians have, uh, you know, a, a tie to this covenant, why not just convert to a sect of Judaism at that point? Or even Masonic Judaism. Uh, hmm, that, that is an interesting theological question. I think, you know, there are Messianic Jews, um, and there are evangelicals that we met along the way who, you know, a group in Tennessee, uh, um, who, who, you know, go back to the daughters of the revolution in this country. Um, and yet, they all started uh, wearing yarmulkes and doing Shabbat and they have the cross, you know, a giant cross in their home. I mean, there's so many different interpretations of way of tackling it. Um, and really, like we said, evangelicals are not a monolith and there are so many different variants and strains and um, uh, articles of faith within this, um, you know, like, I thought, Yeah. No, I would add on that, I, just again, from our experience, I think most of them would say to us that we need to, you know, to recognize Jesus um, because, you know, this is, I think that's how they see the, the perfect combination almost, you know, being Jewish and still uh, uh, right. see Jesus as your savior. Um, because, you know, if you're becoming Jewish person, then you're giving up on him, which I think something that, such you know, right, right. Evangelicals the, won't 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 take it, you know. But that, that that's actually true. The quote, the verbatim quote, which you have in the film when the pastor talks to Maya and myself on camera and kind of asks us if if we want to convert, you know, he says you won't be losing the faith of your parents and grandparents, Abraham, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You would be creating the culmination, the zenith, the apex. Uh, the great, uh, um, combination of everything and it all, you know, like it, it was like almost, uh, uh, this deep fantasy that somehow this could be combined, right? Jesus, the old Testament in some powerful, um, connection. Um, and once that happens to all the Jews, that will be part of the apocalypse, you know, eschatology and the very end of time. Uh, their eschatology is completely different than the one that I'm quite familiar with in the Eastern Orthodox Church. Um, you know, and anyone that wants to round anybody up and put them all in one place terrifies me. But I do have to mention that uh, till till kingdom come, it will be available uh, nationwide in the United States uh, at home cinema on February 26th, uh, 2021. Maya and Abi, thank you so much for your time. I greatly appreciate it. It's a fascinating documentary and very well put together. And uh, hopefully other people get to learn what you're sharing with them. Thank you very much for this conversation. It was fascinating for me as well. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Have a great afternoon.